you hear that crinkle of the bag, you know what time it is. You're listening to Ergo, W-H-P-K, ErgoRadio.com. I'm Daniel. And I'm Damon, man. What's good with y'all? We, we are back again. We are still alive and still thriving. We, we are here, 88.5, on your Thursday at noon. I hope you are having a good day, because I really care about you. I want you to know that, y'all. I went to each and every individual. Each and every person. We're not just in it for the listens, man. We love the people here at Ergo Radio. What would you say, Damon, if you were to describe what we do? What what, what would you say? Um... We, well, I was about to curse already. You, yeah, you, well, that was a trick did. question. You know better than to ask me questions. <laughs> um, what we do here is we we center strong young voices who are not only shaping what's happening in Chicago, but the country and the world for real. Um, and, and this city right now is you know at the cusp of, of a lot of important stuff. Not even at the cusp; it's full fledged in it. Um, and so we're trying to get in it too, and and, and create a platform for those who are doing things and making change in this world. Right, so before we get to our fantastic guest, certainly a strong young voice uh, from Chicago and beyond. Literally. Yeah, <laughs> we, we, we went very literal this week, uh, though, as we've heard, she's more than just her vocal cords. We'll get to all that. Uh, a couple community announcements, as always, um, every week for the last few weeks, we've been shutting this out. Louder Than a Bomb is in the midst of its five-week-long festival. Get your tickets for quarterfinals, semifinals, indie team. It's been really fun so far. So many poems. Um, but yeah, make sure you come through. <laughs> it's, a <lot> <laughs> it's a lot of poems. <laughs> We're also here in the state of Illinois, right? Like, I, you know, it's that time of year where we got to talk about voting and it irks me myself, but, but we, this is a very, very important election. Um, early voting has started, so you can go somewhere and vote today. Uh, but the, the primaries are on the 15th. Um, and this is a really important election, much more important than like the presidential circus, um, is this state's attorney's race, which really impacts our communities. Um, and so Anita Alvarez got to get out of there. Also, I don't know how political we are allowed to be on a radio station, but Hillary Clinton is an op. And if you don't know that, you might be an op too. <laughs> so there's there's 51 voting spots. There's one in every district of the city, so you shouldn't have to go too far. Make sure that you, one, if you haven't registered, there is a grace period for that. Make sure you register and make sure you vote early. Uh, I might say vote often. Uh, I always liked that line. I always thought that was a good line. Anyway, community announcements aside, we're very excited to have a special guest here. Damn, you want to introduce her? Oh my gosh. I'm excited just looking at you. <laughs> Here we have literally one of the strongest voices in the city, an amazing performer, an amazing vocalist, a musician overall, and just a really great person. We have the extremely talented Kenya Seymour here Hello. in the studio with us. Bah! Woo! Oh my God. Ow, ow! <laughs> <laughs> really just high tech like, with the sound effects yes, you see how we do it here we are in the 21st century here at Radio. it's funny you walked in the studio you said it's an old school board it, it kind of i feel like we're not even close to the 21st century here. we're like in the 19th like when they invented radio this is the first board they <laughs> but it's still functioning so so we keep it going how are you feeling today i feel really really great i'm so excited to be here Oh my God, we're so excited to have you. So so how has the world been treating you? How have you been treating the world in this last <laughs> week or so? Oh, how have I been treating the world? That's a question that you don't really hear. Well, you know, we, we are expert question askers here <laughs> at <Ergo> Radio. <laughs> uh, life has been really great lately. I've been super busy in the best way possible. February was like so lit, <laughs> like in so many ways, but personally for me i just was performing a lot yeah. and um 
that's really like what I love to do. I love to be out there sharing my music with people like face to face. Yeah, now you, you've been killing stages here in the city and that's really where it got to the point like, oh my God, like we've been mentioning you since this show started, Aww. but it was like, oh, we got to get a king on immediately. <laughs> <Now>. <laughs> uh, specifically after the, the, the come up show at the Double Door Yo, about a month ago from that yesterday. That show was so much um, fun. And it was just like, if you are unfamiliar with the king Seymour, she is, she is an amazing like artist, right? Like she can play the piano and, and, and she can hit every note and oh, octave God. that exists, right? <laughs> but And so I knew you as a singer and I, and I knew your vocal abilities, but it was like my first time seeing you do a full, full set. Full show, right. Um, and, and seeing that you are also a, a very dynamic and powerful performer. And once you put the keyboard aside, right, and like are commanding a stage, I, I was really impressed. Thank you. And really proud. Um, and you, you definitely like... You took it to a place I was not expecting to go. Thank you. That, that night. And so I was just really excited for you. Oh, and, man. and so I hope that people are starting to see that. Are you starting to to feel people receiving? Yeah, you know, that, it's crazy. I'm starting to see like familiar faces at shows. Okay. Which is like, oh, I'm like kinda in a base. Yeah. Oh, shoot. Which is I, really cool. I have a fan base. <laughs> yeah, no, that's really dope. Um shout out to the fans out there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know. Holding it down. I gotta come up with like a fan name, like mm. a Kenyans. Yeah, that's, I think we just came up with their fan name. That's fantastic. Kenyans? Oh, my God. I don't know. I'm thinking a marathon pun in there somewhere. So, so oh, because they... Chew that around. Oh. Because they just dominate and track. Oh, my God. That's I'm going to go ahead and sit this one out. <laughs> um, but in that, what it felt like on that stage, at least from the audience and... Uh, and you mentioned that you were there i was oh i was in the crowd oh, you mean, oh. look i'm in a kenyan what can oh, i say <laughs> <laughs> i'm a star oh that a, term might be a little problematic <laughs> yeah, we, we've already worked through <laughs> we're seven minutes into the show that was and we've spent three on community events it took four minutes to decide that was problematic but oh my god uh you know you, you mentioned that that was a particularly fun crowd particularly fun show yeah how are you seeing like your own uh, stature, like internally on stage, like those modes of like commanding a crowd and mm -hmm. commanding a band and a, you know, a full band with singers behind you. Like mm -hmm. how new does that feel to you to be like, oh, I got this. It's yeah. not very new at all. Okay. Um, I've been really training to do this for about 10 years now, mm -hmm. which is crazy because I'm only 23. But um I went to the Chicago Academy for the Arts. Right, right. Um, not to be confused with Shy Arts. A lot of people confuse the two. Both really great schools, though. Um, but I went to the Academy, which is like the OG Chicago art school. <laughs> and um, I like I, the idea of that rivalry, by the way. Yeah. No, no, have, like... no beef. No beef. Shy Arts is great. No, They're right, a public school. Balls. Like, yeah. I hear really great things about Shy Arts, but I did not go there. Um, but yeah. Improv saxophone battle. <laughs> That would be yo. They should do that. Dance -offs. No, they should like have a <laughs> a like jam or something where like the two come together. No, that should that should happen. Um, but anyway, so I I was there at thirteen is when I started high school, and really that place was like conservatory prep, the same way you have like college prep, mm -hmm. and so um, I really learned like how to you know, notate how to write out arrangements, how to get my ideas, not just on paper, but communicate it, you know, to a band and like be a band leader. And I, I've been doing that since I was like a preteen. So um, 
and I, we performed so much in high school. So it was just like learning it in the classroom setting and then applying it always. It was taking the theory and then putting it like contextualizing it, you know? Where I, th I think you're not giving yourself enough credit for what I saw on stage, <laughs> right? Because yes, I hear what you're saying of like being trained in those technical aspects and you definitely right. can command your your band or, or your backup. But the relationship that you had to audience, mm. um, the, 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 the like kind of what Dan was asking about, about your internal relationship to okay. the music, the way you were like physically embodying it is it, something oh, that, yeah. that is intangible and can't really be taught in yeah, the curriculum. For sure. And so for me, um, knowing you as a very like shy person, right? Like I was very pleasant. Am I shy to you? I think so. I, I have so, so many faces to so many people. I, I think I see you, you as a shy you person. You know what? I feel like I'm really both, like I'm equally extroverted and introverted. I feel mm. that. I really I feel that life. <laughs> when you say you have all those faces, what do you mean by that? Oh Lord, look like at you, no, we're going Oprah. There. Okay. We're going there. Oh no, we go deep here. Erica. No, I just feel like depending on what setting people have seen me in, they have like, I've heard people say that about me. While other people are like, "Are you kidding? She's so loud and crazy," and it's you know what I mean. So, but both are really true. It really just depends on the day. I'm not trying to paint myself as like a really moody person who you never know who yeah, you're going to no, get. get no, but for sure. but I, I feel like I've, I seen, I've seen some of both. Yeah. I've seen you kind of at the crib, like with the homies jamming out right. and, and being silly. But overall, I would say that, you know, you have a, a, a sense of control over yes. yourself. And, and so you, you're saying that there was nothing about how you are commanding stages right now that is surprising you? This is this is what you expect of yourself? Yeah, I guess. You know, it's also strange being on the stage. You kind of go to this other place, or at least I do. Mm -hmm. I always have to watch my performances back to kind of know. That's not painful to do no no, no I, I love i love it and i don't mean that in a narcissistic way because it's really like i get to see finally i get to see the end result you know what i mean and see how it came together it's and like watching game film and like yeah and like critique myself and then like also recognize things that went really well like oh i gotta i gotta keep that in the show you know um because a lot of it you know being somebody who has been doing jazz for so long a lot of it is improv so you know the set is structured the songs have structure but a lot of a lot of the songs have room for you know a lot of improvisation and so it kind of differs every single time and so it's really interesting to see like depending on where the crowd like took me or like the energy of the space or you know whatever the dynamic in the room is how that kind of shapes the show how I internalize that and how it um how it kind of yeah changes I, every show is totally different i feel like which is yeah. which is good i'm happy about that um yeah it's that intention and that like that work that you're doing of watching the stuff i mean so i'm thinking about you as you said like being in pre-conservatory and then stepping into conservatory yeah uh what is a conservatory guys um <laughs> a conservatory is where you primarily focus on uh music right it's it's a music school but like the highest level of music school or like the most intense level of music school um you you still do have your liberal arts courses that you have to take i mean in order to like get an actual degree <laughs> um but my my degree like i have a bachelor of music degree it's not like a, a arts or a fine arts degree it's like very specific to music and would you say it's safe to say that and this is just my own like 
relative ignorance on it, but most of the like the forms that get celebrated or made room for in conservatory is either like classical, new classical forms or jazz. Yeah. I mean, those are like two of the biggest staples. A lot of schools still don't have jazz programs, though. Mm. Um, but that is something that actually my school was the first school to have a jazz program. What school did you go ever. to? New England Conservatory of Music in Boston. Mm. Um, I feel like the politics around that must have been insane like the the founding because i know like when jazz like university of indiana which isn't a conservatory but they had the first like jazz studies program from an academic standpoint mm. and, and this was in 78 or something like that you Word. can thank our professor damani phillips for that <laughs> piece dope. of information uh but like the like the contentious politics and this is in the 70s jazz is like no longer the like first wave of the avant-garde of it like correct but that move of bringing it into the like really the ivory tower it's yes huge, you know? i think it's been a really positive thing for jazz and a potentially detrimental thing for it yeah because then it kind of becomes this pseudo fossilized thing um because that privilege to access exactly and that's like the complete antithesis of its origins <laughs> which yeah, is, i mean it was hip-hop before hip-hop right? yes absolutely jazz and hip-hop are the same thing the in my eyes music, you know? yeah absolutely so it's a really interesting kind of like dichotomy so let's let, let's like dive into that because that's something i think about a lot and I, and as i'm watching hip-hop now and it's mm -hmm. like as it's like growing out of its puberty stage or to mm -hmm. being like a full-fledged adult um i get really fearful knowing that like this story has happened before and seeing what happened to jazz, right? Like the mm. fact that black kids are like, jazz, like get that white right. stuff out of here, you know? Right. Um, and, and how like corny it got or how the fact it became like something to, that you go to a fine restaurant and see. Right, um, elite. And, and so the fact that An you kind of thing. live at some of the intersection or some of the, um, you kind of like inhabit that bridge between those gaps. How, how do you feel about the sensitivity of hip hop and kind of, um, the I don't know how the people get about like preserving jazz. it yeah, and yeah. that kind of and thing. just kind of how or also right like how the establishment bought it out for mm -hmm. real right so like seeing how hip hop is becoming this mainstream thing um, I don't know I'm kind of just trying to fish here to see your opinion on the two of the relation it's not like a very concrete question um I think that they definitely in terms of their paths, like there are definitely similarities, seeing how jazz has become uh, a voice of the elite in, by way of like uh, institutionalization and like being in academia and how hip hop has become, you know, controlled by the corporate. So it's still like this kind of select few who are determining like how the music is, mm -hmm. I guess, seen or interpreted. Yeah. I don't know though, because Hip hop, hip hop's so interesting to me because um, hip hop's been around for maybe like forty years mm -hmm. now, technically, I guess, and it's still like going really, really strong. Mm -hmm. And you definitely have like the mainstream crap that like isn't really offering much depth, but there's so much, there's so much underground stuff that actually is kind of becoming more. People are more into that, I feel like, than they are 
on what's like what's on the radio. And also to complicate that, I think like even the like the mainstream stuff it's in quotes that we did that like gets dismissed a lot sonically is doing stuff that's never been right done absolutely there's definitely innovation in that as well yeah that drives all these other forms yes you know? so and and you saw that with jazz too to bring it back to the parallels like there are so many subgenres in jazz there are still more i mean looking at something like neo soul really mm -hmm. if you think about it is the fusion of jazz and hip-hop right. as a like legitimized genre so even the the two coming together in that way but also like looking at them as their own entities um there's so many different forms of those genres they're very vast genres yeah. um i remember learning about i can't remember who was telling me about this but basically there's like a school of thought that says like rather than differentiating jazz, funk, soul, R and B, <clears throat> excuse me, hip hop, like basically what the genre you could reframe the genres as Black American music, music, absolutely, and you draw like the connections and the lineage. So rather than like being like you're bringing them together, it's like no, it's just connecting the dots mm -hmm. in that lineage there. Because mm -hmm. um, I think like we, you use the word bridge for what you do, mm -hmm. and I kind of was thinking about it that way, um, but I don't think that's like necessarily a safe assumption. Like, do you think of it like that? I like that. Okay. I definitely I think that's I think that's a great way to think about it. I also I mean, in terms of myself and my sound, like I look to things outside of those realms, too, which is also interesting to find like points of intersection between like hip hop and like Indian Carnatic music ooh, or like ooh, I don't even know what that is. It's just it's just Southern Indian music or like uh, jazz and flamenco. You know what I mean? Like. Um, to find where the two, I just feel like, you know, people make music, right? Mm -hmm. And like people obviously have their specific histories and cultures, but like we express ourselves in similar ways because we're humans. Sure. And so to find those, those point of connections in the expression is really fascinating to me. And I love, like, I just love that. I love the humanity that is so tangible to me in music. And so and I just am interested in like digging as deep into that as possible, which is why I listen to so many forms of music from all over the world and am not just like stuck in black American music, even though it's some of the best yeah. music that's ever existed, like ever in like the history of humanity. <laughs> so put people on for one second. What are like two things that or, or two, whether it's genres or artists or sounds that you think like people aren't here paying attention to that you think like this is amazing go check this out oh man i mean how many countries are there in the world <laughs> yeah. and how many like different you know cities within those countries and the neighborhoods or tribes or whatever like within it's just it's infinite. so it's it is it is infinite um well those two that i name i love flamenco i love flamenco one of my favorite singers is this woman estrella morente and she comes from this long lineage of uh flamenco artists her father was an incredible singer um she's dope definitely go check her out you should add a song to the, to the to the podcast for those who are not listening live maybe you'll get a treat of that you'll get it at the end on the podcast yeah Ooh. she's dope <laughs> i also love this syrian singer asala mm. um she's like she has a lot like her music has kind of elements of like pop or R&B production, but with, you know, the scales and 
some of the instruments that they use like in the Middle East. So it's fascinating. That's super dope. I am really, really appreciating this theoretical conversation we are having about music. That's that's kind of like the type of stuff I like to do. But we're going to let the people actually hear some of Kenya. Oh, instead of snap. Just, instead of you just talking uh, about it. Oh. You don't have to take our word for it. <laughs> <laughs> but y'all see, she knows what she's talking about. So, uh. so let's, let's get into this. Kiss, what, what's joint you going to play first? We're going to play Absent Mindedness. Okay, all right. Uh, one of the two songs you can find on a Kenya SoundCloud. So go peep that. <laughs> Keeping it real low profile for now. Absolutely. Only two songs. <laughs> it's the calm before the storm, I feel like. <laughs> so here's Absent Mindedness. Kenya, you're listening it's to the warm up before the marathon. <laughs> <laughs> We're jogging here at WHBK. <laughs> You're listening to Ergo. Here's Absent Mindedness. Of my blunt mind, I'm running out of time. I gotta find my way back to a linguistic type of tongue that's intact. And in fact, if I'm not on track, my rhythmic dialect will disturb our overture of love and words. If I could just remember the words I said, I would be alright. If I could just remember the words I said. With what's within my meaning is slipping. I mean, there's no definition. I'm falling into submission. I'm back out, faking. Now I'm closer to knowing the words I was going for. Then I don't know where I'm stumbling. I'm on a renaissance. Can't seem to live with scotch. Mind eyes like I'm not just the one for the bog. It is you and I falling apart in the black pit that stirs all of my forgotten words. If I could just remember the words I said. Thank you. 
a Kenya. Yo, yo, that's me. Absent-mindedness here on Ergo. I'm going to just subliminally get Ergo into everyone's ear. Yeah, Yeah. I'm going to cut it in the podcast really fast in between. Ooh, I like that. We're going to have to (laughs) cut that as a drop. Oh, that's good. (laughs) I'll sing Ergo for you guys. Let's hear it one one time. Oh, God. (laughs) You shouldn't. You open the door. Ergo. Bang. I I just (laughs) cried. That was the best thing that's ever happened. Bang. Oh my god. Oh my god. Literally the best thing that's ever happened in my life. Oh, oh but that's a beautiful song. It was beautiful. Not the air, the air oh, part was good. I meant the absent mindedness too. It was really, really nice. It was beautiful, but I'm kind of more concerned about you. We need to have some better things happen into your life. <laughs> that was the, the, the top match. Right Truly. Uh, we'll get to that in the second half of the show, but <laughs> what's the story behind that song? I was in jazz composition arranging class for a full year. You know, most classes are semester long, but this class went on all year long. And this was the end of the first semester project. So the first half of the class is composition. The other one is arranging. So for this, we, for this project or this assignment, we had to actually um, model a song we were writing after a song or an artist or something that already existed. And I was really like, into the roots at the time Mm. and so i modeled it loosely off of um well just kind of their sound in general but also i was really into this track uh mellow my man and so i tried to see like how for the different verses like there would be harmony changes Mm. or like a a feel change or a groove change and like in mellow my man there's a swing break and then um from Malik B's verses is different from um, Black Thoughts verses in terms of what's happening underneath. And so I I just kind of, um, I kind of loosely took that as a model. I literally, though, like I'm a really bad procrastinator, so I... Amen, Pastor. (laughs) I wrote the the song in like five minutes. And then I and then I had to write it out, like write out everything. To it was a, you had a year long class though. What were you doing for the rest of each semester? No, so no, the the, the assignment was given to us maybe like two two months before it was mm. due, and I waited until the day it was due. Amen. Do I it. know that life. That's no problem. Man, who else can say that? Like, oh man, it's a great song. Where'd it come from? Oh, it was my homework. Yeah. Word. <laughs> like that's super dope. But it got such great feedback, and so obviously I was rapping in it because like like there's rap in the roots yeah. like you know what I mean and so people were like yo you need to like keep doing that yeah. and I was like okay yeah, <laughs> yeah I, think, I think that's what surprised me the most about seeing your full set was I didn't know you had those bars those bars you didn't know I had the flow <laughs> and like you actually so is that was that something that was difficult for you to step into um, you yeah know, that, we I mean we were talking about this a little bit behind the scenes but yeah, I just didn't think people would want to hear me rap because I don't have a rap voice and I don't put on that kind of like typical rap voice. And then I was also saying how, you know, obviously hip hop, well, the music industry in general, but definitely hip hop is so male dom- dominated. And it's this like weird, like hyper masculine like, like energy. And so violent. a lot of fem C's come through with oh, the like. There were there were quotes in the air by the way we're not endorsing that term please <laughs> but but often known as femcs you know come through with the yeah and i'm finna put it down on the beat you know what i'm saying yeah. like that real hard like 
approach, which I mean, I, I love that. I love listening to that. You know, like Lil Kim sounds like a freaking female Biggie Smalls. Like, I love the fact that that's like what exactly. she sounds like. But I did not want to do that because nobody's going to take me seriously <laughs> doing that. And so, yeah, it was just kind of like finding my voice. Like writing the raps wasn't difficult. Like I've been writing for a long time and I've been writing poetry and songs for like since I was a child. But it's like, how do I perform it? How do I execute it? Mm. Um, and like also being a singer, I think about how my voice sounds and like the aesthetic, you know what I mean? Like the aural kind of mm -hmm. aesthetic of it. So it's like- Does the recording of raps and um, singing change for you? Like in a process, do you, do, you, do you record your verses all the way through one take? Do you break it up line by line? I try, I try to go? do one take in general. Like if I'm ever recording anything, unless the phrases like need to be broken up. But I, I try to- it makes it feel more live. I really hate studios. I really don't like that atmosphere. It feels contrived or something. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, so this is bringing me to something that I've, I've been talking about for a long time, which is the plight of the feature singer on rap songs. <laughs> that horrible role of just come through and belt for, but just right. belt, belt, the, uh, belt the bridge for us. And then that'll right. be your whole job. I'll forever be known as a Kenya from Windows. Right. So I kind of want to, if you're cool getting into that a little bit, because yeah. you did work with all of these folks and continue to be around all these folks who are some of the best and biggest rappers in the world now. Yeah, it's kind of crazy, actually. It's insane. Um, and maybe like early on, I mean, what were the like actual recording relationships or the song writing relationships early on? Did it feel like that? Like, just come through and like sing the hook real quick. Um. Yeah, there have definitely been things that are like that that's fine honestly doing stuff for other people where i'm just like you know singing a hook that most likely they wrote um that's fine because it's, it's easy to get and you know you, you do a couple of takes and you might do some like dubs and some harmonies and then you just that's it and you might uh, sometimes i lay down some ad libs and they like sporadically placed them throughout the song I, I i think the recording process for me like when i'm doing like my music and like i know what i want it to sound like i just hate it because it's like i'm such a performer and it's hard i perform in rehearsals mm -hmm. and so it's hard for me to like perform in a confined space where i'm you know in a different room oftentimes from the band and i can't communicate and i can't like you can't move do James Brown arm stabs, uh, <laughs> which is like my favorite thing, and you killed that at that gym. Oh my way. god! <laughs> so would you have a thing like? Do you have aspirations to do like a live recording? Absolutely. Album then? If anything, um, you know that Snarky Puppy album mm -hmm. that people like went crazy for. Um, yeah. I really liked how they had the setup. They had like a small audience. A lot of them were on the stage. And the whole thing was like set up and mic'd how you would do um, like a live recording. Like that was really cool, but it wasn't like there was no huge crowd there. And so it kind of had the performance vibe, but still it's like, okay, we're making the record. You know yeah. what I mean? I like that. And I, I would like to maybe do something like that, but I'd also be down to like record an album at a concert for sure. Yeah. Um, in thinking about like how like that kind of control when it is your own 
thing and trying to kind of put continue pushing what that can sound like um it feels to me and maybe it's just because of my awareness of it but it feels like as the renaissance that we keep talking about on this show continues mm -hmm. there is right now a little bit of an opening up of like uh first it was like well all raps don't have to sound like this and then it was like well all music doesn't have to sound mm -hmm. like this and all mm -hmm. performance doesn't have to look like this mm -hmm. um I know you said like you, what you do has been something that you've been developing for a long time and mm. you've had a clear picture of like what that is that you're trying to portray. But have you felt recently like all of a sudden, uh, maybe not all of a sudden, but things are kind of opening up a little bit, not just for you personally, but yeah, for, just for the scene in general. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, people, it's kind of cool to be different right now do you know what i mean yeah. and so people are always looking for something like the fact that i don't know if you guys know hiatus coyote that mm -hmm. band oh yeah i saw we you do. at the concert yes yeah we interviewed some folks there we kind of we interviewed their bass player oh man it's never been heard he's Very rare. the coolest guy he is a right cool guy. And he's just, oh, God, I would love to play with him at some point. I'd love to, like, open for them. I'm putting that out there if they ever hear this. Um, yeah, you know, we might we can make some calls. You know, here, hey. here we go. We got some connections. Okay. <laughs> no, don't play with me now. I'm hold you to that. Oh, no, but anyway, the fact. Don't flex on him. Don't flex on him. But the fact that, like, that is a popular band right now. Like, mm. they are so eclectic i think i'm so obsessed with them because it's like the closest thing i've heard outside of myself mm. that i like would like to sound like you know in some way you know what i mean um yeah they i mean they incorporate so many things classical and um jazz and funk and like old school soul and like you know music from remote areas i mean nay the lead singer she's she's really interesting and she's into some really like out stuff you know what i mean so the fact that that's like a thing yeah a they were nominated movie. for a grammy like two years in a row you know what i mean like that's that's kind yeah. of speaking to what's happening in music as a whole and you can definitely feel that in chicago chicago's been a trendsetter since forever you know what i mean so um I think this is definitely a great city to be in if you're trying to do something new or like just experimenting with your sound, you know? Yeah. Let's do a little, uh, little like biographical stuff too, since we okay. like jumped right to college and we did. all that. Uh, where did you grow up? I grew up right here in Shy City. Um, where in Chicago? I spent most of my life on the north side. North, north, what's up? Nobody ever reps the north side. <laughs> always, you got one north side representative out there. It's like not a real thing at it's all. It's always so funny in concerts when they do like the roll call. And they always do north side first because they got to get it out of the way. And, and no one ever responds. It's I, very funny. What I do it now, I throw in, to give north side is a little, feeling a little bit better. I throw in, are you from out of town or from the suburbs? So kinda, and so the north side is the suburbs, just the suburbs all the way go hard. Harder than the north side even you know you're gonna have some suburban like folks in there <laughs> yeah. like yeah what's up <laughs> um no but i i actually kind of moved back and forth between the north side and the south suburbs um but i spent most of my life on the north side and um and where'd you go to uh you said we, we figured out where you go to high school where are you let's say when you're 15, 16, outside of school, where are you hearing music? Where are you seeing art? Where are you learning to write? All that kind of stuff. 15, 16, in school mostly. Mm -hmm. But outside of that, I mean, 
I feel like I really got into that's kind of when I um started to get into music outside of America. Mm. And um I was really, really heavily into jazz though, like obsessed with jazz. And also started to go through a phase where I was obsessed with just like like nineties hip hop, mm. which is my favorite stuff, like Tribe and Far Side and mm-hmm. um early roots and like all of that stuff. So yeah. But um I moved around a lot, so I guess I'm not from any specific area i i guess i could rep edgewater uptown rogers park if one if one was forced to rep somewhere that's where <laughs> one would rep yeah i mean those are like three different neighborhoods but. so you talk about creating and writing at five you talk about you know starting a a career and academic path in music at 13 what were some of the seeds of that was was it the church was it just home life was it something innate in you well i didn't really grow up in the church but interestingly enough, I went to Catholic school because um, my mom thought, like, i get a really good education yeah, there. For a while, that was, like, the best we could get. Right. Pretty much. <laughs> um, and, well, I I guess I started discovering my voice around, like, not, apparently I sang as a baby and, like, sang myself to sleep. But I don't remember that. Obviously, I don't remember Oh, my that. God. I can't wait for the, like, biopic. <laughs> They're going to, like, have, have this oh baby three-part harmonies. <laughs> <laughs> no, nothing like that. I used to rap myself. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, that's rap yourself. Yes. <laughs> that's my own, I only had that one part. <laughs> but um, around nine, I was really obsessed with Mariah Carey, mm-hmm. and I just wanted to be her. That'll do it. And... um. <laughs> Uh, and so I kind of discovered my voice by like emulating the hell out of her. And um, and then I had a teacher when I was in seventh grade kind of really affirm that I like actually was something special. Mm. And um, he kind of mentored me. He was an amazing singer and pianist, like gospel cat. And um, and so that's kind of, I guess, how I started like performing and like finding my voice Shout out to him. What's his name? Henry Johnson. Shout out Henry Johnson, the wherever second. you are in the world. <laughs> Henry Johnson the second, Mr. to be specific. Johnson. We're not too fan, fond of the first Henry Johnson. <laughs> we, we like the he second. He got beef with his daddy was going nah, on. shout out baby. to all the Henry Johnsons. <laughs> Much love, Hank. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, but, so, jeez Louise. Um, but do you find that, uh, like, we we talk, I think, a lot on the show about, especially with artists, like what are the assumptions that people make when they walk in a room and okay. then how wrong those are most of the time? Like, do people assume it comes from the church a lot specifically because of like... Because I'm like, black? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, and a black no. woman specifically singing. No, I, I mean, that's a valid question to ask, though. A lot of people come up in the church. That's like your first access to a stage. It's the foundation of black that black American music we were talking about right. was created in right. the church, literally. Um, But so, no, I mean, I don't take offense to it. It's funny. It's funny when people start talking like kind of religious, like, yeah, I'm a preacher's kid and this, that, that, uh, what, what, uh, what have you. And like trying to talk verse to me, I'm like, I have no idea what, <laughs> what you're talking about. Like, that's just not. They expect you to know every line <laughs> of every gospel song. my ever. background <laughs> at all. I didn't really heavily get into gospel until college, mm. actually. And I was like, whoa, this is awesome. Where has this been my whole life? Yeah. But yeah. It's weird that like that also like I'm thinking about like we we're talking about the jazz and now hip hop being institutionalized in academia also like having gospel be part of like the 
curriculum of a conservatory. It wasn't. It wasn't. Oh, it wasn't. It was just friends just playing. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, that's how I discovered most of the music. It was either like just getting music off my friend's iTunes, like, or them like hipping me to something or sending me YouTube links or whatever. YouTube really revolutionized just like the possibilities yeah. for an artist. Like, yeah. where would I have heard of that flamenco singer I was telling right. you about yeah. if it had not been for YouTube? You know yeah. what I mean? It's amazing. That's super dope. So we we did before the show talk a little bit about you know maybe getting into some process stuff, and that always really interests me, yeah. especially from your standpoint of being so technically trained. Okay. Right. What What do you see in your process uh, that can sometimes be distinct from those who may be coming to art and music a little bit more informally, right? Or hmm. you can look at it like this, right? If there is a another thirteen year old, if there is like a new Akinya coming up who's who's about to start this this journey that Mm -hmm. you have you know walked what would be some tips you would give in terms of like increasing their skills and their in their process um really just try to learn your craft you know learn the learn the basics you know you don't have to be um you know versed in a whole bunch of different you know forms of theory or you know what i mean um just it's helpful to know how to read music it's helpful to understand harmony it's helpful to know time signatures you know what i mean so you can count off your band like in the right time and like the right tempo um it's just helpful and then when things go awry you you usually know how to fix it because you understand like what's what's wrong what's wrong exactly um and just listen listen to mentors who are trying to help you listen to all different kinds of music, listen to your peers. You know what I mean? Like just, just be open. I think being open, especially being young when your mind is like still developing and like soaking in so much information is like the number one thing you could do. Don't, don't be like, Oh yeah, I got this. Like, I, you know what I mean? Don't be cocky. Don't be closed minded. Don't shut yourself off. Just, just be a vessel, an open vessel. On that, uh, encouragement to listen. Let's listen to another song. Okay. Here's a Disappear by Kenya. You're listening to Ergo on WH. Ergo, Ergo, Ergo. Hey, <laughs> <You're> my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> Days disappear. I wash up with the tide and my tears. I take rest of the rest, blooming into my fears. Smoke in my chest from the stress, building over the years. What did you hear about me? Did it reveal or doubt me? Days disappear. Building over the years, what did you hear about me? Did it ever hear about me? Days disappear, I wash up with the tide and the tears. I take a rest of the rest, building over the years, what did you hear about me? Did it ever hear about me? Days disappear, I wash up with the tide and the tears. I take a rest
Hey man, that was raw. <laughs> that, 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 oh. I'm about to curse. That joint was dope, man. Like <laughs> you're really cool. And so, like the people need to know you produce that track. I right? did produce it in its entirety. I uh, I first produced the whole thing on GarageBand because mm. I don't have any software, <laughs> no mics, no. The original beat was a table. That's actually what you're hearing at the end during that. Like, that's what that is. <laughs> the bass line is from GarageBand. Dope. We just, like, picked a better bass. My friend Teddy Jackson. Shout out, Teddy. Te shout out, Teddy. <laughs> Don't sleep on him. Yo, do better records. Go peep that on SoundCloud. Like, look out for him. He's an incredibly talented individual. And I've known him for a very long time. But he, uh, I went over his crib and piece by piece, you know, he pulled up the drums for me on like some actual software pulled out pulled up a bass sound you know i liked or whatever and i just like was able to piece the whole thing together and then re-record all of the vocals because the whole track is just bass drums and vocals man it's 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 super dope we're gonna let's take a transition away from like the hardcore music talk for sure. a second and, and, for sure. and get into you and in the world i find it really interesting like to have learned how talented of a musician you were. And, I, and like, I, I learned it right away, right when I first met you, but I did not meet you in a, a musical space. Right. Uh, I met you actually organizing a, a, a protest, yes. organizing a march that yes. was um, intentionally artist-centered or, yes. or, or framed around creativity. Uh, but, but since I have seen you a lot out on the streets whenever mm -hmm. we are taking the streets and definitely whenever art is needed in insulated spaces Absolutely. for this moment of social change. So how do you how did you come into doing that type of work what what brought you into the room that day and how have you felt kind of as you've been a part of of this movement that's been going on yeah i think like a lot of people i was just mad <laughs> true you know and yeah. and like where do i go how can i channel this frustration this sadness this anger um this and be around other people who feel that way so it like validates it for absolutely sure, you know? absolutely and i mean we saw what happened nationally like mm -hmm. at that moment um, for a lot of people, the turning, I feel like it's been a long time coming for a lot of people. The turning point was Trayvon, Absolutely. uh, for me and for, uh, I think uh, maybe the vast majority, it might be safe to say of people in this, uh, movement or young people coming to it in the past couple of years, the moment was Mike Brown. Right. Mm -hmm. So 
<clears throat> I just started talking a lot on social media and started just sharing information and um, posting kind of my thoughts and critiques and almost kind of writing essays and stuff was really gaining traction. People were sharing it. People like hundreds of likes and shares and kind of going like semi-viral. And um, I guess that kind of made me feel like, oh, wow, like I have a voice that means something like people actually care what I think about the, Yeah, I'm just I'm just post mm -hmm. that's what you do you feel something yeah. and in our generation we're just programmed to go online and and type it out so that's what I was doing and um you know from that also I learned about all these different organizations that were happening in the city and um you know different people who were organizing like protests I mean you know how it really was when a lot of that stuff first started popping off you see an event on Facebook like two hours before something was going to go right, down. Right. So really, I mean, social media has been imperative for this movement. And that's how I learned about what was happening that day. Um, and that's how I learned about BYP 100. That's how I learned about all of what was going on. It's just reading stuff online. Are you starting to feel ways that uh, participating in these communities is influencing the music you make? You know what's interesting? I Somebody asked me this recently. I find it really hard to make political art that's yeah. not trite. You know what and I mean? And corny and preachy. And it's, yeah. it's difficult because, and I, and I was trying to theorize on why, I think it's really hard to personalize this we, mm -hmm. right? I write from a really personal space. I write about things that have happened to me in my life, which like indirectly may be political, um, I write about how I'm feeling, you know, about love or about myself or my self-esteem or whatever. And um, and it's hard to kind of do that in a really fresh, sincere way when you're thinking about like this big, huge thing that's bigger than you, which is why um, I think a lot of political art can start to sound and look the same. Not that that's necessarily a bad thing. I mean, it's important to like see messages like consistently you know what I mean and um I don't know I, I guess that's something I would be interested in uh challenging myself to do in a more direct way um but at the same time right I I really do believe that like writing from that personal place is an inherently like political act Wow, that's, depending on where you're doing it, that's where deep, you're brother. It. <laughs> <laughs> that's deep, my yeah. brother. That's deep, my brother. <laughs> take it there. But there, <laughs> there aren't that many examples of folks who have done what you're saying, like that struggle in there is successfully. Like, how can you make beautiful art? That, it like, just starts to feel like, yeah, yeah, we know, we know, yeah. we yeah. know, yeah. we know. Very oh. preachy. <laughs> like, or they, or, or oftentimes, right? Because I struggled with this because I became an organizer from the position of an artist, and so how does that then affect my art? Mm. Um, and and it's very hard to like. I know I can write a poem or write a rap that would get some ums and some snaps right. just to make me feel validated. Uh, but like, is it is validating myself? really what i'm trying to do politically right mm -hmm. and, and so like that's almost kind of like an inherent contrast and contradiction but they're also like i don't know i feel like we put too much pressure on ourselves because like kind of we were Absolutely. talking about it in the you know on the break there is a long legacy of, of folks who who have done this from, from nina simone yes. on down so so do, do you could you see yourself kind of in you know engaging with that legacy i'm or that definitely tradition? interested in in stepping up to that plate you know and i think um, artists are the people 
who influence culture the most mm -hmm. and who often um, kind of tap into a paradigm shift before everybody else has caught on, you know? So I'm definitely interested in that. And I'm not purposefully not saying political things or I'm like, <laughs> right. oh, I need to censor myself yeah, so right, that people right. like me, like yeah. F that, yeah. you know what I mean? But it's difficult. And um, yeah, I'm definitely open to it. One time for the uh, for the pop culture folks and to be timely, uh, that whack-ass Nina Simone, since we talked about <laughs> it, that whack-ass Nina Simone trailer just came out yesterday. Man. Wow. Just, just give us a few sentences. <laughs> I thought it was kind of laughable. Like, nobody's obviously the, the like black girl face or whatever they did to, with her makeup and prosthetics and it's that. Like Viola Davis is alive. Like she exists. Like, yeah, so many people. So many other people. Also, yeah, like so many thousands of actresses. <laughs> like, come on. Um. Yeah, but also the accent was so. I was like, yeah. "Why are you? What are you doing?" And like everything about it. was Also, just like the vocals didn't yeah. sound right. Like no, nothing about uh, it. No, and it just seemed like it was all about like this quote unquote like downfall, yes. right? Like it didn't really humanize her at all. It just seems very. Well, we like to sensationalize people's stories instead of getting to the humanity of them, especially quote controversial people right and exactly. then it reduces them to their controversy as opposed to their humanity well speaking yeah. of controversy go. here it is it's time to take a shift and we should have okay. warned you about this we I tried to, you did okay we tried to warn which one is about the, he warned me about a couple potential places two. this we have go. all right here it is <laughs> we kind of talking about it already we all about that action here at ergo we, yes, we like to keep yes. it real like beautiful and communal but also we hold folks accountable so there's a whole sect that needs to be held accountable and that is the r&b genre Okay. All right. So we have this game we call Beef with the R&B Singer. <laughs> okay. So from any era of R&B, from Motown on down, right, you have to pick somebody, Beef with the R&B Singer. Why? Uh, I didn't. He told me about this and I still like, who am I? I don't know. I just... Wait, who would you guys? No, 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 no you can't do that. <laughs> I have, my list is too long. That's not how it works. Oh Say our first rodeo. It's on you. Oh my God. This is terrible. I should pick somebody dead so that nobody can come for me. Um, I don't know who I what I have beef with. If you get stuck, I do have an example off your Twitter because I did my research. Ooh, I love I love what? it. He's so off prepared. my Twitter. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is public. This is quote. Oh uh, no 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 no! Is this no, the, the, F the... <laughs> can I read it? I don't have beef with the Dell. There's no comparison. Let, let me let me read it first. Let me read it first. She can't compare to me. This is. <laughs> ooh, ooh, ooh. There oh, we go. Oh God, we got. All right, we named it. No. We named it. There it is. We got beef with the Dell here this she week. She was so off key on the. Did you guys hear I that? It. I missed I it, but I saw the it? I saw the feedback. I know she's got vocal troubles, but come on, girl. I just have to read FCC she safe. She seems like a sweetheart. Though. F the Grammys, F Taylor Swift, Kendrick is king, black women rule the world, Adele's voice is trash. Yeah. That's <laughs> had you felt that before, that performance? Like, I don't understand the hype. You don't? I think she's very decent. Okay. But she's like the number one like artist in the world, selling singer right now, which yeah. is just mind blowing. Yeah, that me. that white girl soul thing, they love that. She's not even soul. Like I know white girls who sing soul, mm. and I, th that just bl she's very like pop. Her voice almost sounds country to me sometimes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just don't get it. But I don't. I don't have a problem with her. I mean, she's doing her thing. <laughs> Too late. <laughs> no, we're, we're, <laughs> she seems we're like sending this out. We're sending a press really release out. Sweet. Kiki Seymour hates oh Adele. It oh says I am goodness. better. Uh, <laughs> oh god all right 
that was our that was our fun. So now it's our our favorite game, uh, and this is called "Let Me School You, Young." And we're gonna play an old school track. Um, okay. You're not gonna give you the name or the artist, right. and if you get it um, this week, I get you, some cookies. Or something. You, you qualify. <laughs> <laughs> you qualify to win a life supply of Whoopi Goldberg's new ankle socks. Um, and so you go, oh, you going to be doing it right in the spring. Don't time. kill me. <laughs> All right. Let, let me school you, youngin. Back to life. Back to reality. Back to life. Back to reality. soul bang all right you got the name there's actually two titles there's a parenthetical title and a, and a regular title however do you want it however do you want me however do you want me but i'll give that to you i'll <laughs> give that to you Bam! <laughs> all right so we about to get out of here our, our time is just about up but before we go if you could be so kind to bless the people with some of your talent and, and, i said and i was going to do a rap because I'm, we're for it. We're you all know, for it. Y'all heard some songs. We're all for the raps. All right. Um, I do this one a lot. I've done it with a little, you know, beatboxing track I've made, but I also do acapella sometimes. So, um, yeah, this is called Dreamcatcher. I'm so nervous. Okay. God, bless the vacancy in my heart. Bless the ignorance, bless wisdom to tell them apart. Bless significance and the mundane in my life. Bless the witnesses to my insane state of mind. Help me disappear into lightness and not to dark. But if I must, bless the frequencies in my soul. Bless the missing parts and the hope of a spirit whole. Bless the bleeding heart breaking open from gaping hole. I said, bless my heart, mind, body, and infinite. I read that you once blessed the life of a former prince. Am I royal enough to be humbled in every sense? Am I loyal enough to be trusted with opulence? I'm just Spoiled enough to remember my innocence. So God bless every memory that I keep. And bless me so much that I dream when I'm not asleep. And bless every sense so my passion is painfully deep. Amen. I told the universe to deliver a message to me. The quiver of energy sent a shiver of empathy to the basin of my whole damn spine. I realized I was feeling the illusion of space and matter and time. Mankind was the essence of the message. So apparent was his presence in the parody of guessing about death. And what's left when it's over or if time is getting older, taking longer, feeling slower is the devil on my shoulder is this hell a little colder than I thought it would be is knowing heaven this well a burden or am I free to wander the galaxies and consummate my destiny or is my imagination's womb a barren fallacy if so God bless the inner workings of a prophecy place your most mysterious revelations deep inside of me try to be seriously delirious enough to confide in me I pray when I awake these blessings won't fade away Ashe hey can you see more with the fire we got to get up out of here but before we go let the people know where they can find you and find all your work or your two songs that are out right sure. now. Sure. <laughs> so uh, I have a website. Um, we still do use those. <laughs> um, it's my first name, a Kenya, A-K-E-N-Y-A, music.com. You can honestly find everything on there. Um, my Twitter handle is a Kenya Music. Um, 
my SoundCloud is just a Kenya. Everything is usually a Kenya or a Kenya music. Um, if you so Google that. Yeah. <laughs> any, any particular shows? I know you're on stages all over the city. Anything real quick off top? I know I kind of blindsided. Yeah, I just did a bunch of shows this weekend. But I, um, I will have something coming up at Hungry Brain, which I'm really excited about mm -hmm. toward the end of the month. Um, also, Cafe Mustache. Um, I believe I'll be performing at the Jazz Institute next week. Um, yeah. Cool. So keep an eye on the uh, on the website, on the Twitter. Follow us at Ergo Radio. Also, uh, what's that theater? Um, Prospect. Portage Theater. Oh, Portage Theater. All right, that sounds dope. Yeah. All right, we gotta go. Yeah. We we a little overtime here at Ergo Radio, but <laughs> we had a great so time. Thank much. you so much, Kenya, for coming. Much love, Kenya, at Ergo Radio. At everything, we at the Lighthouse, thirteen seventy three East fifty third. Talk to you next week. Much love.